Welcome to the Good Vibes Podcast with Clark Impostato and Ryan G. According to a little voice, uh, this meeting is now being recorded. So, Ryan, my dude, what up? What's up, buddy? It's it's weird, man. That's like big brother, big sister now uh, getting involved with the podcast. It is. I know. What was? Did we just get zucked? Is he in charge of podcasts? Oh now? man, we zucked up. That's a sad day up. when they get their hooks into the podcast because right now we're kind of in the wild, running through the jungle. Once I know. they snatch us up. Uh oh, we're, we're elusive, you know. But you know, <sighs> next thing right. we know, they're gonna want they're gonna want fact checkers on the show. And- <laughs> <I know. laughs> Every time we sit, little fact check mutes us out over our mouth. Like the whole episode would be like, beep, 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 oh beep. gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit! Well, God, I, I'm excited, man. So you, you had a good Memorial Day. I did, man. Good. It was a good, good long weekend, and good, uh, it felt good to take a break from work. I've been yeah. grinding for a while, as I'm sure you have. And yeah. uh, and how about yourself? You had a good time? Hey, man. You know, barbecue and beer, two of my favorite passions. That's, yeah. <laughs> BB&B, barbecue, beer, and booby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the military, it was beans, bandits, or beans, band-aids, and bullets. <laughs> beans, so you need you need your food, you need medical shit, and you need ammo. But I like beer, barbecue, and boobies, Boots, man. Yeah. I, you yeah. might have missed something, man. Or the civilian life is just that much better than the <laughs> military life. <laughs> Civilians are way ahead of. Yeah, have your beans, bullets, and band aids, dudes. That's cool. Right, right on. I love it. I love it. <laughs> thanks uh, for your service, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thanks uh, everyone for their awesome comments uh, in regards to the Memorial Day show. Um, you know, we appreciate the people wishing uh, Clark and, and myself and all the veterans uh, happy Memorial Day. So thank you, bye, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. All the messages we got, both on social media and through other other platforms related to the podcast means a lot. I wish we could reply to all of you, but we'll just give you one big vibe track hug right now. That's ah, right. That's we love right. you. The, the big one. And yeah, uh, looks like the countries are growing, so we're happy to see uh, internationally. Um, yeah. Getting some more love from, from our brothers from the, the North, say. Eh? Yeah. Uh, we're happy to see uh, Canada growing you. now. You know, thanks. Welcome to the party, Canada. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for showing up. Hell yeah! God, just... I give you guys props for hockey all the time, man. It's no hate. I, I respect you guys. Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> Who knows if things keep going to shit here, man? We might have to move up there yes. somewhere, man. Yes. Well, you guys got to get rid of that Trudeau dude first, and then get some <sighs> cool dude in there, and uh, and we'll start like an AR factory up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, can we can we make a Providence like Texas and Florida combined. It'll be a new Ooh, Providence. The Texas <laughs> Providence of Canada. And yes. it would be like the free Providence. This is great. Canadians. What do you think about that? Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were. And well, we even were kicking around, maybe running for political office. We yeah. didn't necessarily name a country. I mean, I don't know what the rules are, but <laughs> you know, I could be judge dude of Canada. Well, you know? I, I've seen you in a beret and glasses, sunglasses. Yeah, oh, so you, you do. Depending what country, you do have a that's look. That's when I'm the Nicaraguan general. <laughs> yes. That means I'm about two six packs deep. <laughs> I love when that guy comes out. <laughs> when that dude calls you up, it's like, oh, what's up, general? <laughs> it reminds me of the '80s movie Moon over what is it, Ecuador? Moon over uh, with uh, Richard Dreyfus. Do you remember that one? No, I know Ooh. who he is. I, I don't know if I saw <laughs> No, you I don't. Oh that, man, man, that was a good one. But uh, 
Oh, look, we're already digressing and, and we're starting, but uh, we're super stoked for uh, the show today. Speaking mm-hmm. of politics and, and, and military shenanigans. Oh, we-, we got a deep dude for you guys today, man. He's a good friend of mine. He's just an, an amazing dude, and uh, I'm glad he set some some time aside for us. I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy this conversation, man. So yep. without further ado, here we go. There he oh. is, Mr. Tony Cowden. What's up, bro? Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> Good, man. Good to see you. Every time I see you, I just smile. I get happy, man. I don't know. Dude, you're telling me, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I always tell people you're like that, that, you know, steely-eyed, maybe still killer dude meets the Grateful Dead that all sticks Metallica, you know? <laughs> and sprinkle you a know? Polly Shore in there, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're a violent hippie. <laughs> You're just dudes, man. I remember we just linked up out there at T1G and like, oh, it was awesome. We became friends like within 20 seconds of meeting each other, you know? Yeah. There, Dave and and Britt that time, man. We had a good crew, man. That was a good crew. Yeah. Yeah. We all just bonded quick, man. And the the students were great too, man. Well, and, and you know, I still, I still interact a lot of times via T1G, via social with a lot of those Marines that we put through those courses. And and those boys still hit me up and they're like, man, it was the best training ever. You guys, oh, so nice. cool. you know, and, and let's face it, like at no point were we buttholes to them, you know, like, no, dude, you know? it was, it was cool, yeah. man. And you were the master of ceremonies. You created a good vibe right off the bat. And that's my favorite thing about you. You are so knowledgeable, but you have, and even your social media, you have a way of kind of debunking some of the stupid shit we've been doing for decades right. in such a common sense form you know like that hunched over ninja turtle shit you're like hey guys just stand up humans have been walking for hundreds of thousands of years you've been walking for however long you've been alive why would you change that like what's the point of it but it's these habits that we've in the military inbred in ourselves for generations and you're like yeah why am i doing that it's actually kind of uncomfortable it's kind of stupid so i love the way you could just drop these little nuggets of common sense and it's like it was actually brilliant but it was such common sense well and you know what well is it right because is common sense really is it a thing yeah not not in the military man they'll make you do it wrong on purpose Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) with my good buddy uh rob rivera one time and i was like common sense doesn't exist you can have common knowledge and shared knowledge but common sense conceptually speaking does not that's true i haven't discovered it any community i've been in there's the right way to do it and then the hard way to do it and it's always the hard way to do it it's like why are we doing it this way i don't know yeah i just came back from from teaching 20th group shooting cqb package man and and you know i'm i'm not in charge of it i I just you know i'm like the lead breacher sometimes sometimes a cqb guy and, and i watch us do things the hard way and it's frustrating and yeah. you know just teaching shooting or whatever man um you know if you can relate it to something someone already does every single day oh it's a life moment people yeah. go holy right. shit yeah, yeah. so no, yeah so many references are like hey you know like you already drive a car or you use your cell phone and both of those pieces of equipment are far more complicated than a pistol or a carbine you yeah. know well, that's why even your social media, you still do that. You pay it forward to everybody. It's not just contained for 
special right. groups or when you started rocking and rolling social media, I just love that oh, shit, yeah. man. It's even, I remember one time we were talking about shooting and moving and there's all these theories of like, you kind of walk like you're bicycling or, or a shoot between your steps. And you're like, just fucking walk and shoot. Like it's not, there's no like <laughs> awkward rhythm to it. I, I mean, what? <laughs> it, well, you know, like I, I was a young little smart ass, you know, uh, and, and now I'm just an older smart ass. And I remember <laughs> the first time I was taught to, to shoot and move. Right. And I still hear it to this day. So you want to walk hill to toe. Mm-hmm. And I was already like, I, I have a question. How else do I fucking walk? Yeah, we moonwalking or something? Right? Like we yeah. Do, yeah. Who walks toe to heel, man? You yeah, know? It's some tippy toe ninja, like, maybe. Yeah. Right. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> like, as an instructor, you know, as instructors, and I went through this phase too, right? Um, as, but I went through this phase when I, when I owned my gym and was teaching Olympic weightlifting. I was overcomplicating things. When I realized, that a snatch was basically throw some shit over your head as hard as you can and catch mm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it w- it made it so much easier to teach people. I wasn't overcomplicating it with angles and all this kind of stuff. Cause when you start adding information, people have to process that and it becomes more difficult for them. So articulation, man, communication mm. is all articulation. You got to make it simple. Yeah. Making things complicated to make ourselves look smarter. That's what it is. A lot of instructors. Yeah. Right. We're eating the purpose as instructors, man. Yeah. They're trying to show off their their knowledge base. And all you're doing is confusing your students. Like, holy fuck, man. Yeah. Tony, for for those that don't know you, why don't you give a little background on who you are? Um, Reader's Digest version. Um, Just so our our friends around the world, we have listeners. all around the world they might not be as familiar so so who's tony ah shit man um mostly just a regular old redneck dude from <laughs> middle of nowhere north carolina uh I've, I've in the last 10 years or so completely came to terms with the fact that i am just a just a good old country redneck fella you know um <laughs> uh, who was pushed to go to college right like every every you know, family that, you know, their, their fathers and mothers worked up from nothing. And, and that's basically what I had. You know, they wanted me to go to college. So I went to college. Well, I enrolled in college. I never actually attended college. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because like most young redneck dudes, I like to drink beer and, and, and hang out with uh, pretty cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, but really, man, you know, and, and, and most of our generation, right, we, we learned to blame our parents for all our problems. Sure. So yeah. I, I withdrew from college and joined the army because I wanted to go be a shock trooper, man. And and I blame my dad for that because he let me watch Rambo when I was like nine years old. Right. Yes. Right. So Dude. Clearly his fault. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly his fault. And Stallone's fault. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty young man got over into SF um, and then, you know, was lucky enough to be there at a time to be the initial push on, on Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, I actually, you know, broke my back, got hurt and, uh, was able to go over the contracting at its initial phases there in, in 04, 05, you know, before oh, nice. got, got on board and, uh, did my first contract with the state department stuff, um, mm-hmm. with, with triple canopy mm-hmm. and all of I had already put in my application over with the Intel world, the Intel agency, and was waiting on a clearance there. 
luckily as some of that state department stuff kind of got weird, which I, I know yeah, you were, you were there did. a lot of that. It did. Yeah. But yeah. Luckily I was able to escape that world and go over to the Intel world. And, um, uh, yeah, man, uh, did that still doing some of that type of stuff. Uh, when, when the right thing comes up, I'm, I'm lucky now I get to choose. And yeah. I, mean, I was lucky, man. A lot of contractors, you know, these dudes, right. They, they bought big ass homes, custom motorcycles. Oh, they're a slave cars. to those deployments, dude. They have yeah, to deploy, they, man. Yeah. I was lucky enough and smart enough. Uh, and had some really intelligent mentors that were like, Hey man, you need to invest half your money. And I did. Nice. And you know, I started a business and had some parallel things going through the contractor world. And then in like 2012, I got this crazy idea that I would join the, the, the special forces national guard and, and try to give back to the new generation. And, and, and that's always fun. The national guard is, you know, it has its, it's ups and downs, it's pros and cons. Uh, and these days I work over for the advanced skills attachment at 20th group special forces. So I get nice. to keep the, uh, the stuff there and stay current, stay relevant, keeps me in the community, keeps me access and placement to some of the cool schools over at Fort Bragg and stuff like that. Nice. Um, but yeah, man. So these days, uh, kind of by accident, I started my, my shooting and instruction business, uh, we moved out of Wilmington and bought some acreage. I built a range in the backyard and it gave me the infrastructure to be able to teach classes right at my house and kind of started from there. And since I didn't have the gym anymore, my social media stuff kind of segue from a lot of lifting videos and stuff like that into more shooting stuff and uh, gained some popularities and some followings and some likes and stuff. And, uh, you know, all the while I was teaching out at T1G where, where you and I met. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, man, I, I was lucky that I had all these things going and it, it allowed me to get to where I am right now yeah. with with a, a good, you know, um, I have a good place in the market. Right. Like I'm lucky that all my courses sell out and things like that. Um, my I, I teach mostly pistol and carbine stuff. I have a place where I can teach CQB. So that's cool. Um, my passion is long range and that. You know, I was, did the sniper recce thing a lot, that type of thing overseas. And, and that's kind of my passion. And that kind of led over to, you know, now having more time on my hand, I pretty much dedicate my entire fall to hunting. Um, and I was able to secure a couple of different places out here in, in rural Carolina and build long ranges. So I'm able to teach long range now. And I'm oh, about great. half now with long range and wow. pistol type classes. We just built we just built a, a 1600 meter range, man. And helped, yeah, me and Melissa were out there this morning getting tuned up for uh for our elk hunt this year. Nice. Wow. I've noticed yeah. a lot of your posts are long range stuff. That's awesome, man. I mean, I just enjoy it. I say it's like it's it's golf for men. <laughs> it, it, is. <laughs> it is. It is great yeah. golf. Oh yeah. shit. I like yeah. that. And it's cool because she enjoys it. And I'm really stoked that she's going elk hunting with me this year. She's also going uh, on a bong hunt, um, and that's really my my hobby and passion is, is hunting. Like it's this time of year that I'm antsy as hell because there's no season in. Oh yeah, uh, you know i I started like earlier this year. No seasons. Me and a good buddy of mine, uh, we went out to New Mexico and was hunting all bad Barbary sheep, and they're they're exotics. So the seasons year round for those. So I've started trying to figure out like 
how can I hunt year round without spending all the money to go overseas? You know, like um, this time of year, you know, you could go down to New Zealand and <coughs> and hunt like tar and red, excuse me, <coughs> tar or red stag or whatever's down there. Hmm. Fully intend to one day, but you know, right now I have to work all year long just to afford all my hunting trips in the States. <laughs> nice. Work hard, yeah, play hard, man. I, I well, you know what? I, I've always said uh, on this show multiple times, I and I honestly believe this, I really do believe in, in veterans need to start, and even if you're not a veteran, you're still in the military, you, they need to start recognizing this, that that you guys make some of the best entrepreneurs. So it's amazing that that you started this your own business. Um, a question for you. Um you call it Capable Inc. Is there a story behind the name? Um, why Why is it Capable Inc.? And tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, man. Um, you know, I can't say that my naming of my companies have always been super uh, creative, right? My gym was a CrossFit gym, so I named it CrossFit Wilmington because it was in <laughs> Wilmington, North Carolina. You know, um, do what you say and say what you do, man. <laughs> pretty simple stuff there, huh? And uh, so when I was starting to do more shooting and stuff, uh, you know, I had to come up with, with something. And to me, it's not just about, you know, being that, that one trick pony. It's about being able to do so many things. And I can link this back to my father, too. Uh, you know, he was kind of that guy that was, you know, a do it yourselfer. And I, I kind of joked that, you know, the only reason he even had me was because he needed help. He needed a work for labor. <laughs> but he was that guy that, that instilled this idea in me that, you know, you can do anything. You just have to try it, you know. And, and if, if, if you're not good at it, you can get good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the foundation for capable. It's about capabilities, about developing your capabilities. And you may not be a master of, of all, but if you have an idea, you've experienced it once or twice, whether it's like off-roading, hunting, uh, shooting, you know, being fit, uh, all the experiences and not just being in a rut of, of just that one trick pony. And, you know, so that's kind of capable, capable being, developing your capabilities kind of allowed me, or at least in my mind, allows me to have a company that can teach so many different things. Like instead of, you know, you know, Calvin tactical or, <laughs> you, yeah. know, um, you know, Tony's fitness freaking awesomeness or some silliness like that. Right. Capable Inc. kind of allows me an umbrella name to talk about all the factors of human performance, knowledge and capabilities. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. A lot of people do get stuck in one area and then they're scared to venture out because they get good at that area right. and they don't want to, you know, go be a white belt somewhere else and look like an idiot or they're not, they yeah. get that ego because they're established in a community. If you're like a rock and roll handgun, dude, right. God forbid yeah. you start getting into three gun or, or right. I, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is crazy. The more I got to know you and pick your brain, talk to me about the six, six, six club, man. That's some mind blowing <laughs> shit. I never even heard of that or thought it was possible. If you were to explain it to me, I would say no one can do that, but you did uh, it. And, and you yeah. were, you weren't a young uh, spring chicken when you did it either, man. That's what's crazy, uh, man. <laughs> so basically I, I tore both my shoulders up. I couldn't do the Olympic lifts anymore. Cause I, I can't move the shoulder any higher than that. So I can't support weight over my head. I was really into only lifting, man, weightlifting. It was, it was a lot of fun for me. Um, and I definitely picked that up through the whole world of CrossFit. And so 
I just started doing, you know, squats and deadlifts, more of a powerlifting style of thing, made friends in the powerlifting community. But the reality is, you know, at, you know, six foot tall, 200 to 220, 25 pounds, man, I'm never going to be a great powerlifter. (laughs) And and I also want to keep my endurance. So I kind of segue over into, because I couldn't do some of the oily lifts. I really couldn't do the CrossFit stuff anymore. I started doing more endurance stuff again. So I started doing, I wanted to lift heavy and do iron triathlons, lift heavy and do ultra marathons. Um, and then I, I heard about the 666 challenge via people who saw what I was doing with that stuff. And for me throughout my career, I've always tried to maintain a sub six minute mile. So that's smoking. um, Right. Like, and pretty much, the only times in my career that I wasn't able to do that was, was post injuries. Mm. And so I, I heard about it. I was like, okay, well I'm squatting over 500 I'm deadlifting over 500. I'm already running a sub, you know, six minute mile. Maybe the six, six is cool. The six, six, six is cool. I'm like, maybe I should give it a shot. And uh, Harry Selkow over at elite FTS is, uh, and if you know the, the fitness community, elite FTS is a big, uh, conglomerate of a bunch of coaches and, uh, mm. they sell equipment and all that stuff. And Harry, I don't know that he can't, he said he didn't come up with it exactly all by himself, but I don't know who else was involved, but I got it from him. And Harry's a super stud, man. He he's man. He must be in his sixties now, but still a, a monster human being. And I was like, well, I'm going to give this thing a shot. So I had to pull back on a lot of endurance stuff and and really start lifting. And I'm going to tell you what, man, there is a huge difference when, when you're squatting, say at the time, I think I was squatting, you know, four or five fifteen or so. There is a big damn difference between (laughs) five fifteen and 600. Oh, I bet. It was so close to my max. Yeah. A lot of guys were like, Hey man, just use trend. (laughs) Well, (laughs) You can't run a six-minute mile if you're running some of that the, that hard drugs, you know. That's true. Yeah, so that, that wasn't an option for me, and I went after the six-six-six, and still pretty new to powerlifting. I wanted to do it in a meet. I wanted to do the lifts in a meet, so I had judges, and it was like no shit valid, like some legitimacy. And you know, the rule is a six hundred pound squat, a six hundred pound deadlift, and a sub six-minute mile on the same day. Jeez. Damn, dude. And I was like, okay. So I went after it <clears throat> and I, I missed it, man. I missed the squat. Uh, I, I actually missed 585 and you only get three tries. And so I missed 585, like on a second attempt. And on my third attempt, I went straight to 600, man. And it just buried me. I wasn't there yet. And I, I think I was, I weighed in at like 222. And Brandon Crable, uh, who had already done the 666 said, Hey man, here's the reality. There aren't many people that are squatting 600 pounds at six foot tall, 220. He's like, you need to weigh more. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty simple. I just, problem is, and he's, and we, you know, clearly in the powerlifting community, steroids are a thing. And he's like, yeah, man, you're not going to be able to use the heavy stuff. You're going to have to eat. So dude, for like six months after that first failed attempt, and that was pushing me close to my 40th birthday. And I said, okay, I'm going to wait till after I'm 40 to do this. And I <laughs> eat and bulk up to like as heavy as I can get in this amount of time. So I went from like 220 to 
I weighed in that morning at 253, bro. Holy shit. I'm pretty big for my, for my frame. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even really look like, like the same person. And, um, but bro, and, and I almost feel bad about saying this because there are starving people all around the world. There are starving people in America, but to gain 30 pounds and most of it was good muscle because I actually went back to doing a little bit of a bodybuilding style thing, a lot of hypertrophy to put weight on. And, dude, I was miserable, mm. absolutely just miserable trying to put that weight on. I mean, Melissa would you know, try to get frisky with me, and I'd be like, don't touch me. I don't feel sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so full, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, it, it was literally eating every two hours as much as I could shove in my face. And, yeah, so yeah. – um, and I had a little bit different strategy with the squat. I knew I was going to be close. Even before I was at meet, my heaviest squat was still only like 585, but I had done Damn. it for a couple reps. So I was like, all right. So my first 600 pound squat was actually at that meet that morning. Damn. And, and if you ever, the videos on YouTube, man, and you can see that it was definitely my max, right? My Fuck. one. Rep, and I hit it. And the screwed up thing was, I had been deadlifting over 600 for quite some time, some reps at 620 and stuff. And, uh, you know, you know that, you know, my left hand doesn't work. I used to be left-handed when I got blown up, it messed up my left side. So I don't always have a good connection with my left hand and dude deadlift time came and I grabbed a hold of 600 pounds and pulled it up and my left hand gave out and I dropped it. Oh, no shit. oh dude, no lift. And that was oh. second. I was like, oh, shit. I literally in, went into the corner of the room and faced the corner and had a very serious discussion with myself. Like, bro, you've been killing yourself trying to accomplish this. This you has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, I went there on the third attempt, grabbed that 600 and ripped it off the ground. And <laughs> it back down. And it looked like I had just pulled five instead of six. Because I pulled it with everything I had. I man. bet. There's a lot, a lot on the, you know, the stakes yeah. for that one. Shit, dude. And, and then luckily, you know, um, I was still able to pull off a pretty a pretty good run time, you know, of like 541 or something. Yeah, weren't you worried about that, gaining that weight? Like, were you worried that it was going to crush your run time? I had been, when I was trying to gain weight, I was running once a week. And it was always like 400s, 800s, mile. 400 800 mile over the like a three-week period mm-hmm. and i i was i was consistently hitting it in the 530s damn without, dude without a lot of without a lot of uh effort even as i got bigger Good um wow. and then threw that up man i went out too hard on the first lap and, and ran it like 108 <laughs> oh <laughs> shit you're sprinting right? wow yeah. yeah so i had to like watch my watch and pull back and on the second lap i did like much slower and then to average out my time so I could finish the last two laps and still still pulled it off. <laughs> but yeah. Dude, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard someone do. I never heard of it until you and I had that conversation and it was yeah. a mind blower. Like I just don't think that's possible except yeah. you did I, I, since then I've trained two guys to a su- successful completion of it. Uh which really cool. One of nice. them one of them did it while I was running that Moab 240. So I was doing this crazy ass endurance event and yep. couldn't be me. And and he knocked it out. A guy named Seth Pennington, man, super stud, little, just a monster of a little, little man. Nice. Uh, yeah, man. I say little just cause he's, he's, he's smaller. I think he weighed like a buck 95 when he did it. 
Holy yeah. shit. So, power. That's a power beast, power. man. So, yeah. Tony, for those that don't know you, um, but those that do follow you, I'm sure they see this theme uh, through your social media or by listening. Is you, you actually seek to do difficult things. You know, you've done the 106 West, the Bigfoot, the Moab, the things you're talking about, the 666. You know, people might just say, man, that Tony guy is batshit crazy. But it's it's actually that opposite. Why why do you seek to do these difficult things? And, and what's the passion really behind it? Um, you know, a psychiatric eval would, would probably come up with something <laughs> I found. I found and I find <laughs> value in myself via accomplishments, right? Uh, it, some people would say that's a characteristic flaw. Some people would say it's a characteristic trait. I'm going to go with trait, and it's a good one. Um, I, you know, I mean, different people, different different things, right? Uh, in, in those extreme sporting events, man, I've seen lots of different types of people. You know, in, in ultra running, there are a lot of people that are like recovering drug addicts. And they, they replace one addiction with another. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know that ultra marathoning is any healthier than a fucking heroin addiction, right? Cause it's really rough on you. And there you, you can't yeah. from it. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, Both are equally dangerous, man. Right. But <laughs> yeah, man, um, lots of different types of folks in those worlds and, you know, and they're all doing it for different reasons. Uh, and it, it usually boils down to some type of just wanting to accomplish stuff. For me, you know, when people ask me like, you know, how do you get out and run 200 mile races? And, and I'm like, well, I don't anymore. I did it just to see if I could. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm completely done with it. I have zero aspirations for ever running another, you know, half marathon, much less ultra marathon. I bet. Uh, yeah. My runs these days consist of a whopping two miles. Um, and, and that's just to make sure I can still pass the army's PT test, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, it really Can you describe is. like some, one of the, the Moab 240 or something, just so our listeners get kind of an idea of how grueling and, and what's, you know, you don't have to get too much into detail, but what's like the basic gist of these things? Cause I've heard the stories from you and it's just jaw dropping. Like it just, it sounds harder than CAG selection. I mean, it's nuts. The shit that you, how you prepare for it and then what you go through and Right. Uh, I know um, you've had some serious injuries on these courses and almost died. Like it's serious <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> um, well, luckily I haven't had any physical injuries. That's, that's a testament to some of the things I learned uh, with training about trying to do both strength and the endurance at the same time. Cause a lot of people say you can't do both. And, and I'm, I'm confident when I say it's not true because I've done it and I've trained a lot of people to do it. We do it all the time in a soft community, right? You got, you got seals like like our buddy Seth, man, right? Like oh, Seth, yeah, dude. the first hybrid athlete I ever met. That he can do everything, run. dude. Yeah. He right? can sprint. He can run distance. He's yeah. black belt in jujitsu. He can what? fuck. I mean, just like, what can't that dude do, man? Yeah. You know, so even, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I met the guy, you know, he was the first dude. And in my mind, he was amazing because he was doing stuff that people said couldn't be done. And, even back then, I remember because I was pretty decent. I was fairly strong. And I was fairly fast at endurance, but he yeah. was just a different level. Oh, he's a Michael Jordan level, dude. I went to buds with that guy. Can you imagine <laughs> being a little skinny kid from Colorado and you see this gorilla 
And you're like, well, he can't run. He probably can't even do the, and he fucking does it like a gymnast ninja. You're like, what the fuck is right? that? Yeah. I, I've talked to a couple of y'all's buds instructors for y'all's class. Right. And they were like, Seth was killing people. Yeah. Like killing other students just because they couldn't, couldn't slow him down. He made but, a lot of people quit. Cause they were, he was just like so dominating and just being himself. He wasn't like being, no. but they would watch him crush something. And they're like, I can't do that. Like he would get in people's heads just by how well he performed, even though he's, Funny, nice, humble guy, not a shit talker, but just his performance. People were like, yeah, he would blow by him on a four mile timed run and he's jacked. Like what? Huge. (laughs) Yeah. So as I got started in this, I would reference what I saw him doing 10 years prior. I'm like, Seth was doing this on his own. Just he was being Seth. Yeah. No, no, even no, no science, no basis to what he was doing. And I was like, well, what if I, what if I actually tried to develop a system that us mere mortals could play <laughs> with, you know, where we don't that aren't break born up. with it. They have to work for it. Yeah. He's just yeah. born that way. <laughs> and so that's what I was doing, man. And right. it set me up and the, the 200 mile racers, you know, they joke that the, uh, the, the new, the, you know, 200s are the new 100s. And that was, that was kind of the saying back when 200s began, uh, and there are three majors in the States now, and I'm sure there are more now, but uh, the, the Tahoe 200, the Bigfoot 200, and the Moab 240. And uh, I initially made a stab at the Bigfoot 200 in what 2017? Crap, or 18. Yeah, 2017. And um, me and Melissa did it together. And, and you can only imagine, right? Like, that's a lot of training. And we didn't train as much as a lot of those ultra folks do. We just wanted to finish the damn thing, not mm-hmm. win it or even be top half. Well, at like mile one, one thirteen or something in there, one of the ho- most difficult portions of that race. And it, the Bigfoot is up in Washington state around Mount St. Helens. And a lot of change, man, like 50,000 foot of elevation change. And she blew her knee out and it was cold and uh way colder than it was supposed to be we really weren't uh ready for that night to be that cold we're moving all night long and i couldn't leave her we had a pacer good friend of mine andrew smith and and as we got closer to the next a station you know they assured me that that they were fine they could make it the next five miles without me so i took one off and uh and got to the next a station i was changing my shoes and getting some food and she rolled in, man, and she was hurt. And, you know, we're we're a team, man. You know, me and Melissa, she's my teammate, right? She's, sure. she's my best ever. And she was hurt. And we we started the race together. And basically it was like, you know what? We started the race together. We're going to finish this race together right here and now. Let's go get some breakfast. Sun was oh, coming that's up. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. So we DNF'd the first time. And I probably didn't have to DNF it. I don't know if I would have finished or not. But, uh, you know, we just pulled out. No big deal. We'll give it another shot next year. So in 2018, man, we trained even more. Her knee was still bothering her. So she couldn't train a lot. And uh, so we decided that for the, the 2018 race that uh, we wouldn't try to do it together. And because she was being very realistic, she's a very realistic person. She's like, I'm going to give it a shot. If it works out cool, if my knee starts hurting, I'm done. Yeah. And so like at like, 
mile 88 or 90 or something, she decided to, to stop. And I had already moved forward. And the next time I saw her, I think I saw her at like mile 40 something was the last time we saw each other. I took off and then we linked back up. She had withdrawn and we linked up at mile 112. And so she was like, she became part of my support crew or whatever, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. And by the way, she does not like being called support, right? She's enabler, <laughs> not a support group. She is the primary effort. She is always the main effort. And she will she, tell you that. <laughs> she is. She's an alpha um, man. She, she's, she's uh, a badass man. If there's, if someone that give you a run for your money, it's, it's the missus man. She's a badass. Yes. Well, you know, my little sister said I met my match, not like my yeah. soul, like my yeah. no shit physical, mental match (laughs) she is man pound for pound she's way bigger stud than i am you know she's got elite totals and three weight classes and piloting she's an iron track ultra marathoner yeah man if melissa weighed 225 pounds she'd be seth yeah for sure yeah 100 percent. yeah 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 (laughs) and uh anyway so man at mile 112 brent phillips joined me as my pacer okay already in getting in bad shape i had gone too hard on that session from like 88 to 112 a lot of downhill and i just destroyed my legs and created you know uh and so like mile 130 something i was already pissing blood and starting to have little seizures oh Uh, wow it it inflamed my you know my 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 tbi my brain was was getting out of whack and um Luckily for me, Brent was there, man. If it, I, I hate to say this, and I don't want to be melodramatic, but Brent may have very well saved my life. That's how and you would have kept pushing, probably. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the last food I ate was at mile one thirty-two. It was the last food I kept down. Uh, at mile one fifty-six, we had moved all night long. I was Damn. having seizures, freaking. Uh, man, I kept saying, "Hey, hey, Brent, man, I need to stop and rest." And he would give me like ten minutes of eye shut. Because later on, he told me, he's like, I didn't want to let you sleep because I thought you were going to die. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> right? dude. Holy uh, shit. Pissing blood, man. I'm talking pissing like Coca-Cola, you know, dark red, horrible smell. And I already stunk pretty damn bad. But like, yeah. like I feel like my urine would have made most grown men gag. It was it was horrible how bad wow. I smelled. And um Brent, you know, he busted his ankle on a jump and that was starting to bother him, but he didn't want to leave me. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to him, man. We launched out a, a funny thing. I wanted Mountain Dew so bad. I hadn't <laughs> drank Dew since I was in <laughs> We got that, that A station in, in like 156 or whatever it is, 150 something. And it was, a, I, I, I grabbed a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew and just started drinking. It was the best thing I had ever <laughs> <laughs> and I like a leader and looked at him and hold it blew it no, out oh, shit. Oh, right. for man. sure <laughs> i was becoming you know you know i was becoming you know a little bit of freaking incoherent man and i he said the scariest part was no matter what i did i laughed about it i just kept laughing right and, and to me it wasn't that it was funny it was just probably just the way i was coping and i i Turned that ball up, drank the rest of it, and threw it up again. It was like, oh. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> it's so man. good. Your system is shutting yeah. down, dude. You're giggling. <laughs> yeah. so, and that's the thing, right? Like in these races, the aid stations are anywhere from 15 to 30 miles apart. I mean, and that's Fuck. a race in and of 
myself anywhere else. Yeah, oh, sure. dude, yeah. So the next one, and I'm pretty certain of, of this next aid station, mile 177, um, about a mile out, um, Brent was like, hey, man, I'm going to run ahead and make sure your support crew has everything ready for you. I was like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. And um, what he really went to do was see if he could get the medical staff there to med drop me from the race. Oh, and shit. I got there and I was you know, absolutely not. I've only got 20 mi- 29 miles to go. That's only this much. I should be oh, fine. Geez. And the medical staff was like begging and pleading. And I was like, you know what? I'm finishing this race. And, you know, Melissa saw me and I have pictures and stuff and I'm gray. I'm not, I'm not tan or white. I'm gray. Like I look horrible. My heart rate was like 160 something, but my body temperature was 96 degrees, 96.4 or something like that. Low. And it yeah. wasn't cold. It wasn't cold outside. I was hypothermic in 70 degree weather. Wow. Jesus. So wow. my, my brain was just messed up. And luckily, man, they taught me out of continuing. And I got in the truck and they took me to the hospital and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, man, all that. And I, I remember you know, Brent went and got, got in his rental car. And I think he slept like six hours, he said, because he was smoked too, man, because he didn't prepare. Right. It was like when we were at T1G together, I mentioned to him doing this race with me. I think that was in like January or February. And you know, this is just a, a few weeks, you know, a few months later in October. Oh shit. Or September, whatever it was. And yes, and and I didn't hit him up till like summertime, like, hey man, were you serious about pacing me for this race? He was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. But, so, so kudos to him, right? I mean, yeah. it's the, the fortitude of, of that special operations guy, right? Who uh, like, sure. whatever, man, I'll join you for this run. And he wound up doing my what 112 to 177 what is that 60 some fucking miles freaking 70 miles with me completely and um you know and he was like i'm just glad you had already done 112 miles so i could keep up with <laughs> what, and, uh, you, what, what did the doc what, you came in, in that condition i mean they, did the doctor look at you and just be like what the fuck <laughs> like what did what the doctor yeah. do what did they do yeah it was a, a pa and super nice lady right and I can kind of segue into the next time I saw her and she, I mean, they were like begging, like, please, like you're, this is not good. Like you're, you're, you're way off than you think you are. And, you know, Melissa saw me, man. And she, she went and got and, and left. She was like, I don't want to be part of this. Like mm-hmm. she was afraid for me. Wow. And they had all said their piece, you know, Andrew Smith was there and he's like, Hey man, dude, seriously, bro. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'll make it. Luckily, man, because it got almost 90 degrees that day. And the last oh. 12, and yeah, the last 12 miles of that race is down the side of a paved road. So I, it would have smoked me, man. I, I, I would have, I wound up in way worse shape than I was. And it's funny, man, because there, are, there's a video of me in the car afterwards and I'm like still having seizures and shit. And um, it's kind of funny because. You know, I was in and out of it, and I, I remember I'm um, talking about like how bad off I was, and you know, Melissa's like, "Well, I hope his life insurance policy's still up to date." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I deal with. No, that's great. Wait, what's your pin number again? Fuck. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. That's right. that's how we along so well. You know, most of the time, it was a lot like it was. She's, 
she's sarcastic and, and, and can deal with our sense of, of humors. Um, but yeah, man. So I, I didn't finish that race for the second time in a year in a row. And I was honestly completely, absolutely tired of running. And cause our training regimen was like, you know, anywhere from, you know, 40 to 70 miles a week, you know, yeah. I get up at, at midnight and go run for six hours just to make sure you know, you that stuff work. you were acclimated to running while not sleeping and blah, blah. So yeah, man, it was a lot of my life running and I like to run fucking hate it so anyway we so we can segue somewhere else you know i was faced with a decision do i train a whole nother year because at this point in my life it was the first thing i'd ever dnf you know Mm. what i mean and it was the everything man i've been lucky throughout my military military career to be a first time go at all the cool stuff and hard schools and you know it just in my brain it didn't sit well with me that i I had this did not finish and uh, and now I have two of them in the same race. So I was kind of faced with a decision. Do I train for a whole nother year or do I do the Moab 240 in six weeks? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Come on. Oh, my God. Right. I know which one you chose. <laughs> so no shit. I took two full weeks off and got back and started uh, hitting the cycle again, hitting the elliptical so I wasn't beating myself to death. and. Um, the last day you could register for the Moab was two weeks out from the Moab. And I went the morning before and had my blood work done to test my kidney function and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was mostly better. I was like at 88% or something. <laughs> and uh, my, my creatinine kinase levels were still high, man, from, sure. from having, a, Oh yeah, you know, you're talking, you know, four weeks later. Mm-hmm. Damn. So the cool thing is, man, you know, the night before that race, I, I finally, I, I posted on social media and with like a shirt and my stuff and said I was going to do it. Dude, my doctor called me and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this is no, bro. Like, I really, really urge you to not do this. And I'm like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but give it a whirl and see what happens. And I'll tell you, I finished OAB 240 with eight hours to spare. Um, and I, no shit, walked the entire first 230 some miles of the race. I didn't run a single step. I just rut marched and met mm. all time periods. Instead of like the Bigfoot man, I would say that was like Ranger Tony trying to be hard about it. Um, and I was only sleeping one, one hour a night, stuff like that, trying to get ahead. Wow. With the Moab, I just tried to meet the times. And mm. if I had, extra, I would sleep extra. Uh, I would rest longer. Mm. I ate better. I ate more. I slept more. And I linked up with a guy who I'd met at the Bigfoot, the dude who had been, you know, super successful in, in ultra racing, man. Dude's in his freaking, you know, dude's like 60 years old, man, an exec at Coca-Cola. Wow. Great yeah. guy. We, we still talk to this day, man. Super smart dude. And uh, we finished and did the last 15 or so miles of that race together, ran across the finish line. Wow. And I was, and I left that race. And went and met Brent and some of those other soft league dudes in Colorado to go elk hunting. Was, oh, geez. I, I was totally healthy, man. And <laughs> the point being is, man, you, you got to be smarter, not harder sometimes. You know, yeah. we all like to go head first, you know, you breach her up, man, freaking straight through the door. Sometimes if you just check the doorknob, it's unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 100%. Yeah. You yeah. could be the Rocky of the Green Berets. You could uh, be. 
<laughs> I don't know. But yes, Jesus. My, my longest run since then, no shit, has been a two mile run army PT test. <laughs> That's good. Now you're in my world, man. I do two uh, two mile, thirty five pound ruck little ruck walks three times a week. Cause I heard some dude on Joe Rogan's podcast from go ruck and I'm like, Oh, I haven't done rucking in a while. You know, I kind of dig it. And so yeah. that's kind of my new hobby, but now you're in my wheelhouse two miles is I'm like, that's good, man. I well, beyond yeah, I, that. What am I doing at my age? I'm almost 50. I don't need to, no, I'm not man. doing 12 milers anymore. Or any, oh, I'm good. You know, I mean, yeah. I feel, you know, uh, it's about that time. I have decided to do a, a sprint triathlon this year with, with Melissa it's one down in Wilmington. We've done a bunch of times. It's a fun little race. Um, you know, hopefully it shouldn't be much longer, about an hour and 15 minutes. You know, that's oh, not nice. an endurance event. You know, that's yeah. just a well, – You're not destroying your ride. body doing that. Yeah. Right. And it, it just gives us something to train for. You know, we went swimming yesterday for the first time. Um, nice. And I'll, I'll spend most of my time on the cycle. It's the longest event. That way I can just struggle through the run and not worry about it. Um and, and also for my hunting out west, man, I do my rucking, put my ruck on, nice. make sure I can still walk around with, you know, when we, when we go backcountry hunting, you know, we're out there for, you know, four, five, seven days sometimes, so you, mm. you know, pack weigh 70, 80 pounds on, on initial infill and stuff. Oh, sure. So I make for that, man, but I'm not speed marching, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah that's for awesome. sure. So. So yeah. Tony, we you know we've heard uh, uh you know quickly who you were, your military career. You've talked to us about you know your passion of shooting, uh, the working out, these crazy fitness or or, or type of runs. I I want to pivot here because uh, Clark and I have always been impressed uh, just hearing you talk on topics of current events or things like this on ig so you know we wanted to get your thoughts on what what are what are some social issues today that is concerning you man right and wrong i i I think we have strayed so far from the basics of right and wrong uh, good and bad the 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 lines in, in our culture our society and our nation the lines between good and bad have been blurred through this whole idea that no matter what you do, it's okay. You know, you're perfect just the way you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, to me, that is the, the foundation of every single problem we have or, or most problems that we have in America today is just that no matter how wrong you are, you're still right. That concept is, is, is insane to me. It's, it's no not consequences simple. either. There's no consequences uh, for bad behavior. It's just, I mean, from, you know, everybody hates the police now, you know, um, and we, we glorify criminals and looting and rioting and burning up people's properties to, you know, all the way down to just like, you know, like I said, everybody gets a trophy, no, no matter how crappy they are. Yeah. And there's, there's no accountability. There's no responsibility. And I say, no, you know, but that, that that's not necessarily true because most of America are still conservative, traditional value people that do know right from wrong. But we got all these loud mouths and we got a news, a news media complex that only sensationalizes, you know, crazy stuff. And, yeah. and you know, it, if all you have is an interaction via you know social media watching Fox news or CNN crazy, crazy It'll make you nuts, man. Yeah. Right. Your, your perception of reality starts to change. Uh, 
you know, since moving out to rural nowhere, North Carolina again, oh, man, dude. You know, I, I come to realize that, man, most Americans are still good old people, you know, yeah. who, who would, you know, who still like face-to-face conversation. My, my neighbor, man, he just turned 22 years old. He doesn't even have Instagram. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Good and on him. I'm happy he to hear that. Fun. That's great. Right. And he's like, what do I need this social media for, man? I don't know any of those people. Yeah, it's true. And a lot of it is junk food. It's just chicks wiggling their booties or it's yeah. just, I mean, now obviously like you use it as a tool to do good. Mostly I try to use it as a tool for humor and just kind of goof around and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I used to use it for other things, but I mean, it's not always a bad thing, but for the most part, I'm glad for a young person. Yeah. Just so yeah. many stupid, it's a waste of time. If you look at your screen time, you'll shit yourself. Like I've been on my phone that long. You could be training for an ultra marathon or you know, there's so many other things. Pick up a yeah. fucking guitar. Yeah. I just, so yeah. many young people are well, balls deep could, in their phone. You could be having a conversation with somebody. A that, human. Yeah. Oh, a wow. real, real person face to face. I mean, that you mm-hmm. could learn, you know, how, how, how to be better and more successful in yes. whatever you're doing in life, you know, yeah. whether it's business, job your relationships but instead family members you know right right developing real relationships and and going out and 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 just being a better person man but yeah you know we do just everybody wants to sit and scroll and yeah so tony i I, I mean i you know i I really don't spend much time on social media i I spend most of my time doing shit yeah yeah dms and comments on my page you know uh there's a handful of folks that are always in my feed. You're one of them uh, because I, I, I like, I, I'm actually pretty scrupulous of what I like, you know, and actually hit that like button. So like when, um, you know, every Friday when you post that, you know, it's Friday. Fucking dude, it's <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Most thing that I see on Friday morning, I'm like, hell yeah. And I laugh and I laugh. So like, you know, that, <laughs> of course I, I, uh, I think like you nature is metal. Uh, girls getting hurt. Um, those are always like the first thing in my feed, man. It's kind yeah. of hilarious. I don't, I don't just <laughs> like, like, like for me to like something on social media means yeah. that I fit and I truly think it's like worth liking. It's got to um, hit you a bit. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Culturally, we're definitely at an interesting place in our society's trajectory for sure. Well, let me, and, let me ask you a, a, another question unrelated to, I mean, I think Clark and I, I mean, we know we agree with you, uh, the perspective, but I, I always find it interesting for, for the people we've had on the show, uh, especially in the SF community. I mean, you've, you've been overseas, you've, you've been in different parts of the world and you've seen on how countries can deteriorate and deteriorate fast, you know, from that perspective of, of where you've been in the world, are you concerned at this current moment? Not, not greatly. Uh, if you had asked me a year ago when we would be where we are today, one year ago, I would have said 10 to 20 years. Somehow in the last year, things got put on fast forward. Yeah. And hopefully now that some of the, you know, like Fauci's emails and stuff come out, we, we're figuring out that, you know, again, we've been bullshitting and hopefully that, that will, that will spawn some sort of reality in, in more Americans. And I don't know because, you know, 
to use that Fauci email thing as an example, right? Like a lot of news outlets are saying, holy crap, this dude lied to us. But if you look at CNN's coverage of it, it's, oh, the Fauci email shows that he was under a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. They dismiss it. They blow it off. Yeah. it's So I don't know, but I don't think we're at, at the point where we're ready to spiral into some type of chaos and uh, civil war or anything that crazy. And, and I think there's a couple of factors in there that, that are going to help keep us supported. Geography is one of them. Logistics is another and lack of organization would be another factor geography is you know if someone riots in portland oregon well how far are you from portland oregon really far far away yeah Yeah. (laughs) right well i'm really far from portland oregon right like a four days constant drive you know Mm -hmm. um so it's just like like when katrina happened right i mean it sounded horrible but it was really far away or yeah, when, it's true. You know, when bad things happen in America. We're all so far away that we're not so interconnected. So if we were much smaller, I think much smaller nations spiral really quickly into fighting with each other. Very true. Yeah. It spreads and the entire culture society in that nation is affected at a greater scale faster. Sure. Okay. Well, it hits so, closer to home quicker because of, Geography, yeah. Well, that's to, true. to that point, Tony, then don't you see it a little bit tactically where state by state they're becoming more socialist in their ways where then if they go state by state versus trying to, you know, focus on the country as a whole? Yeah. And, and you know, if you look at some of the stats, right, more and more states are actually switching and, and imposing or not imposing. That's a horrible word are are choosing to put in place legislation that is that is fairly conservative. Uh, there have been more states switch over to red and conservative than there have been switch over to blue. Um, if you look at, let's, uh, if we use the Second Amendment, right? And I, we still have put pretty far to go, but the reality is Second Amendment rights have actually expanded across our nation, not been pulled back. Look at what the judge did today in California, or it made the news yeah. today. Man, yeah, that was major, it surprised right? the shit out of me, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, concealed carry. Now, I think we all agree that there should be no concealed carry permits, right? I should not have to ask anyone if I can carry a gun. I love what you said. I don't need a permission slip. Nope. Not <laughs> that was so awesome. Uh, yeah. T-shirt. I mean, <laughs> sheriff, if I can carry a gun, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but if you look at it, take a step back and say, and, and, and just look at the statistics, the numbers, there are more states now issuing concealed carry permits mm-hmm. than there were 25 years ago. And it's not a little bit. It's yeah. like six times. Even and in L.A. County, the sheriff said that there's just been a dramatic rise in yeah. concealed carry and, applications. And Ed, you know, he uh, he does, he wants, um, what is it, uh, um, not shall issue, might issue or whatever the terminology is, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, that it, he gets to pick and choose who can get a concealed weapon. Whereas here where I live, you know, the sheriff shall issue the yeah. permit. Here you have uh, to go into an interview where I'm at in the county I'm at. But luckily it's a conservative county. So everyone says, oh, dude, you're in Placer County. Like you could get it. 
it's a pain in the butt. It's expensive. And every year you got to do, sh- they make it hard on purpose, but at least yeah. it's doable. And you live every, in a county. It's- every bit of that is unconstitutional and infringement. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a place in America where there are no gun laws. I don't know. Uh, I, I, that would be great, right? But the reality is you, we're always going to have to compromise. There's going to have to be some type of compromise. Now the NFA needs to be repealed. Suppressors need to be made legal. Like you should be able to walk yes. into Walmart and buy yeah, a phone. Exactly. It's, um, it's, there's so many myths about suppressors that right. they, they, they make them the boogeyman and it's just like, it's so ridiculous. Right. Like I was, when we were shooting this morning, man, uh, 300, PRC, you know, a Magnum 30 cal with a suppressor, you know, exponentially more quiet than the 6.5 Creedmoor, you know, it, like we're just ruining our hearing, all of us. That's all it is. Yeah. 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 And, and suppressors, that, like people really think they are silencers and they somehow yeah. do a more, allow you to sneak up and yeah. not be identified if you shoot someone and they just don't get the. <laughs> They've no. demonized it so much. Well, the thing is, is there's people in America and a lot of them lawmakers, they get their firearms knowledge from fucking movies. Yeah. They get it from what? Hollywood movies and they see fucking Jason Bourne or James Bond walking Seagull. around with these silencers that are, well, then they, they could run around and shoot people and no one even knows. It's like, it doesn't work that way, man. At least if you hate something, learn about it. Right. If you hate right. guns. You're a, a Congress person, whatever go to a gun range and, and shoot all this shit and feel how, I mean, at least know your enemy. You know what I mean? Right. But they don't, yep. they just yep. watch some movie and say, Oh, we can't have that. Those are weapons of right. war. You know, it, it, it's, and it, that ignorance shows, but again, the people who support that type of, you know, that viewpoint, the, the anti-constitutional viewpoint, the way I look at yeah. it, man, if, if you're against what the constitution says, then you're, yeah. you're anti-constitutional, right? Yeah. And people say, yeah. well, that cut and dry well it it? is especially the second amendment it straight up is pretty fucking clear language shall not be infringed upon yeah and it's one of the few amendments that clearly delineate between the people and the state and it's exactly very clear it's very clear they just Um, try to make it murky so they can do their little dance but and, that's, and that's I, a I think one. that's why we've we've lasted so long as a republic because it is that black and white it's not gray it's not intended to be a gray area right well no. and it makes us who we are i mean what did the japanese say in world war ii we can't invade mainland because there's a gun behind every blade of grass right and you know all yeah. of our enemies are thinking the same thing china russia whoever if in the unlikely event we beat the u.s military that's half the battle we got Rednecks with fucking guns, gangbangers with guns, vets with guns, <laughs> cops, ex-cops with guns, like fucking grandmas with guns, man. I mean, yeah. that I every Housewives. country. <laughs> I don't think that a lot of people in our country realize that every country knows that half the fight is beating our military, which is almost impossible to do. But if it does happen, now you got to land on our beaches. And, yeah. and we have a weird way of, of bonding kind of that September 12th effect. Oh, if yeah. somebody hits our beaches, all of a sudden, you and I are going to be next to rednecks and gangbanger. We're all going to click up and we have a shitload of guns and, and it will be like, God damn it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, the world knows it. Yeah. And it's a huge deterrent. It uh, is. It's, you know, for us in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, we knew there were a lot of AKs and stuff laying around, but we also knew that they don't have the culture of being good with it. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Good point. Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. real good point. Here, we're very uh, 
persistent. In fact, I was kind of mad the other day. I think you might have called him out. I won't mention his name, but there was a, a well-known vet that was talking shit about civilians training. And I was kind of like, fuck you, dude. Like, I agree with you. I think it's a silly waste of money. You should spend your money on a good like mid-level gun and, and the rest of it goes to ammo for repetitions. But hey, good on you, man. You want to show up like Ricky Bobby from Delta Force? Fucking go for it, dude. I actually like that we have civilians that want to train. Does it get a little goofy sometimes? Sure. But compared to other country civilians who aren't even allowed to have guns, I'm glad. Yeah. And by the way, you know civilians that could kick the shit out of us with firearms. And there's some good fucking shooters. In fact, that's one of the things that started to happen right when I left the military is the tactical community started to merge with the competition community. And in the yeah. early days, it was like, oh, those guys are all, they, they're fat and they don't move around. And blah, blah. Well, that dude might be a little overweight, but he can fucking sling that weapon like no one's yeah. business. And so we started yeah. to slowly cross train. And so these guys yeah. that run their mouths about, I was, I wanted to fucking call that dude out so bad, but you did a good job of addressing some things in, in the style that you do. And I'm like, I don't want to yeah. start nothing, but shame on him for shitting on regular people that I'm glad we have those people, man. Yeah, for sure, man. They are the militia that the, the, uh, you know, the, the third level of freaking support, man, the auxiliary, the, yeah. you know, yes. um, well, and who are, who are we to think that we're better than them? The way he was talking down to him, like, bro. Th by the way, they're the fucking people we serve, right? They're the right. ones that our oath goes to, man. Yeah, exactly, man. We work for them. Yep. You know, I, I just, I, I don't want to tell anybody how to do or live their life, man. And yeah, do I think that you know if you only make thirty five thousand dollars a year and you just bought an eight thousand dollars set of night vision? Yeah, you're yeah. probably budgeting your money very well well yeah. who the shit yeah right? yeah exactly All yeah. These guys things like you know don't finance a truck get a financial planner as, as, as the second you have two dollars that you can invest invest that money but hey man who i, I really don't care how people spend their money yeah. you know um lord knows i've wasted plenty of money too and i only speak you know i always tell people i'm only speaking from my experiences if mm -hmm. i could go back 20 years and invest way more money in way better things i oh, would dude, for sure and, and there's not a single thing anywhere that i would be like yeah man body armor and uh and night vision would be a great investment probably yeah. not and, and you know I, hell i got dinged a couple times here and there because i said things like yeah man for you guys that are putting your body armor on and going to the flat range and banging some still targets the reason you know you're not or, or you're shooting with your night vision on steel you know when your laser hits the steel it lights up and tells you you can pull a trigger it's not like that in real life you know you need to get out in the woods and and, and set up some more realistic stuff some of the influencers that they look and look to that say hey you should buy this stuff they're kind of they're not they're not being completely forthcoming I, I can't really say they're being dishonest because they don't know the limitations of their gear right mm -hmm. and while capabilities are important you got to know the limitations. And so when you see some super, you know, hipster, you know, young, cool guy just burning down steel with night vision, it looks cool. But you and I both know, but that's just not reality, that night vision's capabilities are great. Yes, they allow us to see in the dark. I've actually had people tell me that, bro. Like, Tony, you don't understand night vision unless you see in the dark. And I'm like, I spent <laughs> half my life under night vision. I used, yeah. to, I used to seeing in green and white. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was funny. I'm like, yeah, I know you can see the stars, man. That's great. Um, but you don't understand the limitations. Yes, you can see a steel target at 200 meters, but you can't see me in camouflage behind a tree, right? Like you need yeah. to understand the limitations of this stuff. And I said something smart ass about like, you know, in flip flops, board shorts, and a double barrel shotgun, I'd cut most of these kids down. Yeah. And a lot of those, a lot of folks interpreted that as me saying that civilians shouldn't have it. And that's not what I was saying. I was saying, if you're going to have it, look to real training, right? They're, they're hell like, uh, what's his name? Jamie from one minute out. He specializes in night vision training and he's oh, from nice. the unit. And he, he did, he's done more missions with night vision than and who knows how many people, you know, yeah. um, what they do. I'm like, go take a class from that guy. Yeah, for sure. Take a class from someone who understands, who's used them in real life, who's done patrols, you know, who's drove. Well, a lot of people think it gives them Superman vision. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, dude, it's it's a very specific tool for a specific right? purpose. It's it not like a catch-all. Right? It doesn't make mm-hmm. you invisible. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, you know, guys shooting their carbines on a flat range on still target, target the 300 meters. I'm like, that's all well and good. You're like, yeah, I can hit a 300 meter target with my EOTech. And I'm like, yeah, when you can see that target, mm-hmm. what if I go out there and I hide that target four feet inside the wood line and throw a fucking real tree camouflage shirt on that target? Can yeah. you observe it and see it? No, you don't know the limitations of yourself because your training isn't realistic. Yeah, for and sure. I, that's that's a that's all I was ever saying, man. Like I said in in that thing I posted last week. If, if you can afford a battleship, you ought to be able yeah. to legally own a battleship. And That's dude, 16-inch guns just don't hurt nobody doing it. You, you gave know? me an idea if I ever win Powerball, by the way. I wrote that yeah. down. Yeah. Find the, oh, the USS Missouri. Yes. No, the USS <laughs> <Yeah>. Clarky. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking at least get one of those badass boats y'all got in the SEALs, man. Those those like uh, 70 Zodiacs. Boats. No, no they don't let us touch that. those. They, they yeah. only the boat guys touch those, man. If it gets yeah. bigger than the Zodiac, they're like, no, we got guys that actually know how to, because you guys will right. run it into and, something. And you know what? That's a good point, right? <laughs> uh, because what's the best kind of boat? Your friend's boat. That's true. Yes. That's right. right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Link up with the boat guys. It's all their problems. They do the maintenance. Yeah. That's why I say fuck a Zodiac, right? Because I was on an Army dive team. Zodiacs really suck, is, man. We work on Zodiacs. <laughs> That's it. It's constant maintenance. And I'm thinking this is just like an 11 meter or however. They're not even big. And we're always tweaking on the 55 horsepower outboards and the patching shit. And it's like, this is just a rubber boat. Imagine a real boat. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. nope. I want nothing to do with boats. So I pull them on. And so, it's like, so, you know, I'm not rowing this boat. I think this damn thing will fin the rest of the way. that's right so tony i I mean it's awesome to hear your opinion on on these these type of issues and obviously they're all hot topics currently in our country and probably will continue as long as uh potus the is in the house uh but um you know a little birdie was telling us uh you you might be into some new stuff going on uh you want to talk to our listeners on some of this new stuff going on to make a difference a change yeah man so I've been pretty apolitical my whole life, right? Like I've worked for all the administrations since, you know, Clinton. And so I always kind of felt like, hey, man, I have a job to do. And I, my boss, I can't be so political. 
and I was also busy, right? I didn't want to be involved in politics. And, and I don't, I don't like politics. It's kind of a disgusting thing. When I suggest to people that you, know, you should get involved and get into politics, like good, hardworking, conservative, good Americans, they're like, ugh, politics, man, that's gross, right? We literally think it's gross. And the people who are involved in it, we, we see them as sleazy and, and nasty, right? That's what a politician in America is today. It's a, it's a negative word. So I, people say, how do we, <laughs> my dogs, man, they always have to be part of the show. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, the, uh, people say, how do we fix it? You know, how do we fix America? And right now the reality is, you know, people are disenfranchised, disgruntled. A lot of America believes that, you know, the, the elections were stolen and that, you know, it was all fraudulent uh, from the presidential level all the way down to local levels. And, and you know, I, and I get it. I get it. I still, I still am not sure what I think about the elections. Uh, yeah. One thing I know about just things in general is I don't know what I don't know. And I'm well aware of that. I have no idea, man. I, I haven't seen proof one way or the other, but I'm a pretty skeptical, skeptic type person. And, and, you know, when you've got two and three different sources that mesh up, right? Three source verified, man, it starts becoming a truth. Well, so we got all this disgruntled, upset stuff, right? And people are mad. And so how do we fix it? And I say, man, we have the best model of success in trying to win political and social agendas. And it's the liberal socialists in the United States, right? It's the most successful subversion campaign yeah. in human history. There's literally a perfect model laying right in front of us conservatives how to change the trajectory of our culture, society, and nation. Well, the reality is I, I want to move out to Idaho and and go live in the mountains and just hunt, be left to my own self and do stuff and, and remain apolitical. Well, we are not going to be able to move for a couple of years. So I said, okay, after talking with some, some people, one person, a good friend of mine ran for Congress a few years ago, 10 years ago, and he wasn't elected a veteran, Marine Corps veteran, really good friend of mine. Great guy. I wish he had been elected. Um, this guy, a handful of others, you know, saying, Hey man, maybe I, maybe I should get involved a little bit. So between he and I and some other pretty, pretty significant players, we're going to, we are, as, as we speak, standing up a not-for-profit that its mission is to recruit, groom, and then support the campaigns to get Young, conservative, veteran, doesn't have to be a veteran, but definitely veterans, um, but just young conservatives, young men and women that know right from wrong and actually get out there and find them and say, hey, you should run. Because let's face it, man, me and you, like you said, we're, we're pushing 50, bro. Mm hmm. If we're going to change our nation, we're looking at three decades at a minimum. Well, in three decades from now, man, I mean, you're going to be 80. Wow. And I'm a firm believer 
that there should be a retirement age for politicians. I agree. Should yes. be age cap, right? Sure, dude. Yeah, you don't need to be eighty years old, crazy out of your mind, signing right. bills into laws and shit, man. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're, they're out of touch, yeah. right? They're, they're completely out of touch, yeah. man. They're, you know, well, like, it shouldn't be a, a lifetime career either. Anyone that's uh, been a politician for as long as I've been alive, I'm like, no, dude, come on. That's yeah. that's, that's not no what was intended by our framers. There anyways, needs to be boundaries. Yep. Then, so, yeah. So, yeah, man, we are going to do this, uh, this non-pro, and we've named it the American Oath Initiative. So everything's going to be centered around the oath, right? Defend the Constitution yes. mm-hmm. against enemies near and far, right? Yeah. Uh, domestic and foreign. Yes. So we've got to find these young guys and gals and get them into office. And so far there's, <laughs> there's been some, uh, some non pros out there that kind of attempted, but the machine is so big, yeah. you know, the, the current system and it, it's a corrupt system, man. Let's call it what sure. it is, you know, yeah. lobbying campaign term limits, um, how about a reduction salary, right? Like yeah. Businesses have gone under in the last year because of the policies elected officials have made. How many, Name me one elected official that took a pay cut during this pandemic. Yeah. Or was impacted with their mortgage or houses no, or anything? No, they're never impacted by no. what impacts us. No, yeah. they, they should be a part of the same. Like, uh, How many uh, people in D.C. had to go on Obamacare? None of them. But then they throw it to us. Right. 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 Yeah, it's, it's hypocrisy. And until we just fire them all, right? And I'll tell you what, man, I really think, and I try to stay away from, I think, I believe, and in my opinion, but I, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this next election, 2022, is going to be 2010 all over again, but 10 times. You're going to have incumbents, Republicans and Democrat incumbents, kicked out in the primaries. And then in the general election, incumbents that do make it through their primaries are getting fired. People are tired of it. Reps, you know, reps are going to get kicked out. Dems are going to get kicked out. And that's what we have to do. We have to fire them. Yes. And, yeah. you know, in hell, my, my, uh, my representative, and I like to call them representatives, not Congress people, right? Yes, exactly. The word Congress, the word yeah. Congress, meeting. What are they? People of meetings? Yeah. No, they're representatives. They represent us, the people. They're supposed to. Supposed to. Well, it's the only profession I know of that you can be a non-performer and retain your job. (laughs) I don't get about politics. You can actually suck at your job of being a complete idiot, but because you can finagle, you can stay. I I don't know how many miles I would have to drive in any direction knocking on doors to find a person that knows the name of my representative, right? He's nobody. He's mm. he's been in politics one form or the other since he was right out of college. Yeah. He was an intern, you know, in college. He's been a lobbyist, and now he's a daggone uh, a congressperson, but he's not a representative because no one even knows his name. Yeah, you know. Um, Could you imagine working it- at a company for let's say ten years and no one knows your name? What are you doing? You just hiding or riding the wave? You know? Yeah. No, he's enacted no decent legislation. He's he's sponsored. Nothing Second Amendment, yep. you know, and it's the same way across the nation, right? If you're from, you know, if you're from Texas, whatever district that Crenshaw represents, you know his name, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he does a lot of, yeah, he does a lot of woohoo cool stuff on social media. Um, yeah. 
the Gates, uh, Madison Cawthorn, some of those young Republicans, man, we know their names because they're outspoken and yeah, they're 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 on the news channels. But most of our Congress people, man, nobody even knows their names. So yeah. my point is, in the next couple of years, the next year especially, I'm going to try. And, and because who am I to sit back? Who are we to sit yes. back, bitch, whine, and fuss about the way things are if we don't make a solid attempt to change it? Great point. Very true. And, and it, it takes two things to make a change. It's two things to create an adversary, right? A fighting force. It has to be organized and it has to be funded. And there is no organization amongst the, the Second Amendment or even the conservative young world, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's just no organization. There's no speaking body. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no leadership. And there's also no funding. Democrats outspend. Oh, dude. Exponentially. Oh, yeah. From the, yeah. To the high level. They got dude, I hate to admit it. I know more yeah. Democratic politicians by name than yeah. conservative politicians because they're on the news, they're vocal, they're opinionated, they organize. And I, I hate to give them that credit, but like you said, they have a model that's successful. Yeah. Our side, yeah. it's just like, I don't even know who the you know yeah. Republican representative in my area. You just, there's yeah, they're like a no show. Just argue amongst ourselves, right? Like, hey, I think, you know, a 14 inch M4 is better than a 12 inch. <laughs> <laughs> right, that young conservatives in America want to fuss about, man. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be on the same page about anything. Yeah, and, it's true. Yeah. And that's our problem. We got to be organized. Mm-hmm. We got to be funded. Nice. And, yeah. You know, it, if if I like, I said, man, I'm gonna give it a shot. And if in a couple of years, when Melissa is able to move, you know, she she has a her own practice. And, and until we can uproot from North Carolina and move out west, I'm going to try. I think it's fantastic. Question yeah. about that, though. Um, it, is it going to focus on uh, just like the House and Senate and presidential? Or are you going to get no. active down to the local level, be it school boards, uh, you know, mayor races, uh, city councils? All of it, I hope. Yeah. Oh, man. All of the above. Right awesome. now. Awesome. Uh, when we launched this thing and it's fully announced, uh, we have two fellows that are running for sheriff. Nice. One in North Carolina that we're gonna gonna support. Uh, you know, just just the guy you want to be your sheriff, right? Level headed, calm, cool, right? Not personally vested, and he doesn't he doesn't hate criminals. He understands criminal. He has a a, a a police history a lot like yours. A lot of undercover work, gang task force. Uh, he did some covered undercover work. Nice. Uh, yeah, man. And he's he's very level headed, man. He understands the criminal element and, and empathizes with them. He understands them and therefore he can combat them better. So if he sure. he uh, becomes sheriff, man, he's a good dude, too. He's one of those guys that as sheriff, you know, he's going to be out there being a law dog. Yeah, he's not going to yeah. some office wearing yeah. a button up, you know. Yeah. And then the other one is a former SEAL who's running for a really large um, uh, a, a county that has a really large metropolitan area in it. And I'm not, I'm not dropping the names just yet, uh, mm-hmm. but we're going to, we're going to support him. Former seal, good dude, nice. you know, Christian, uh, you know, knows right from wrong. Yeah. And um, so right now we've already got those couple guys, uh, a handful of uh, um, 
folks that are running midterm house. And that would probably be just by the nature of the game that that congressional race is probably going to be the focus just because it's coming up. Sure. Uh, but there are a lot of local elections, sheriffs, city council, um, men, even people don't realize how much say the county commissioners, the county oh, commissioners sure, yeah. have, man, they take, take all the ordinances and the permits you have to yeah. get, you know, to, to build a house yeah. or put a septic tank or, you know what I mean? And they tax us yeah. at every single level state yeah. legislature, you know, the best is the death tax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So Dude, you got me excited. I've always said the one office I would run for if I ever were to do it would be sheriff. Dude, there's just something about that. Like being yeah. a sheriff of a County somewhere. Like, I think you can really impact the County. Yeah. There's something the way the sheriff's office rolls. And you, if you have a good sheriff, they can actually yeah. do some shit, man. It's some real, real. Yeah. Shit. yeah. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. I don't want to be a sheriff. I don't want to be any kind of elected person. But I want to help people get there. But I will tell you this. If my buddy here in North Carolina gets elected sheriff, I'm going to go to basic law enforcement training and become a deputy. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. That would be badass. Happy to work for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's how much I believe in him. Dude, I'd, have, I'd be happy to have you out there on the streets doing your thing, man. Fuck, yeah. man. I told him the second that, it, you know, if hopefully when he gets elected, I'm like, dude, I want to be a deputy for you, bro. <laughs> dude, he should put you in charge of fucking training, man. Fuck, dude. Yeah, the, the gift you could give to all those deputies with your skill set knowledge and also work the street or whatever, but what a what a gift he could make you to that department. Holy shit. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, just the, the training to help some of your the knowledge to the to share with the other law enforcement uh yeah. dudes. Wow. For sure. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. That man. would be like it would turn into a Chuck Norris movie real quick. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking totally. Lomo Quaid, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, brother. We'll see, man. Yeah, I love know, it. That's that's the thing, right? Um, you know, guys like you know the the young guys or you know these influencers or notable personalities on social media that have 300,000 followers. We've got to get them on board too. And I've already reached out to a handful of them. Nice. Uh, most are pretty supportive. Uh, it it kind of sucks, man, that there was a good handful of, of really well-known Second Amendment type guys who, who didn't even respond. Like, they don't really? want – Yeah, they don't want to put their they're, businesses you know, in the line of fire. getting shut down by Zuck. Yeah. That's That sucks. Our focus is going to be on the positive side of things, you know, uh, of the people who do want to help. But yeah. it – and only bring only brought that up was just because to, to show that even in our community, there's going to be friction. There's going to be people you can't get on board that you want on board. Um, and, and hopefully this thing we're doing is going to help inspire maybe other organizations. And you yeah. know, we're gonna, I've already talked to folks over at gun policy. We got to talk to the folks over at, you know, uh, GOA gun owners of America. I mean, let's face it. NRA is dead. Yeah, it needs to be freaking put out of its misery. It's yeah. corrupt bullshit. And again, that just remember we talking about. I mentioned the 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 frustration and disenfranchisement that young conservative traditional valued Americans have. Yeah. They the the NRA man sold yeah. them out. You yeah. know, and, and so now they're they're skeptical of GOA and and FPC and FPC just took that daggone you know assault rifle ban to court in California and got a win. 
in a short is, time. Yeah. Uh, is it a temporary? Crazy. Is it a temporary win? Probably. It's going to get appealed. Of course, California is going to appeal it. But you know yeah. what? Hey, man. Uh, it's something. It's it's got a pulse at least. You know. Right. Yeah. No. I made a post last week uh, about um, donating to campaigns of elected officials or or, or candidates in other states. Um, Brian Hawkins, he's actually from North Carolina, is running for Congress in California. And I donated to his campaign. Oh, nice. And we got crazy Nancy out there dictating legislation that affects the entire nation. Yep. You know? Yep. It's true. I don't need somebody from San Francisco telling me how to live my life out here in North Carolina, man. Amen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So we need to reel that shit in. So if we don't try, we can't sit back, bitch, whine, and fuss. You know? If we don't try, if we don't elect new sheriffs, you know? It's impressive because the thing is a lot of people, you know, they like to be that, you know, the guy in the bleachers saying you should do this. Well, nobody actually sure, wants to get right. their hands dirty exactly. and do it. Yeah, so, It's easier to bitch, make a cool post on social media and you've yeah. done your duty. It's like, well, that ain't going to change nothing. I mean, yeah. So nah. that's good on you. I mean, yeah. So I think that's awesome, man. But speaking yeah. of that, is there, is there a website yet or where can people not, learn more? Not yet, man. It's going to be called the, the American Oath Initiative. Okay. okay. So the website and all that kind of stuff should be up in the next week or so. Okay. Uh, Will you put that out on your social media? Yeah, I'll definitely be posting. Okay. Can you can you say for our listeners what you how they can kind of keep in touch with that through your social media? What your handle is? Yeah, man. Um, Super really cool Instagram handle at Tony underscore Calvin. You inspired me for my new handle (laughs) when I when I got my old account (laughs) deleted. I was like. I think Tony's on to something once again. Like, what, what do we come up with? These, what are we, fighter pilots with these call signs? Fucking, Dude. you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, man, because uh, I used to tell people about your page. And like, yeah, my bro, Clark, man, he's hilarious. Uh, he's call signs, frog, man. Yeah. And some numbers. 2155, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, when I created that account, that was my old email account. And I'm like, why well, do I don't uh, want my name out there yet because i didn't really know what it was so i put that little fake but it was just like it's yeah. so weird like well i could never remember the numbers uh, you know, I have to look it up <laughs> like, oh here he is and uh so now uh, i can hey man freaking now but i just yeah. do what you did now it's just my name it's how hard <laughs> is that like i don't need yeah. some you know stage name or whatever <laughs> yeah creative man you know freaking what am I going to be? Green Beret, Super Ninja? I don't know. I know, but, right? Yeah, Green Beret 69 or something. I, I puke Mountain Dew. Yeah, hopefully people look you up, uh, you know, Tony underscore uh, Cowden, and yeah, uh, keep in touch with what you're doing. I think it's a, a brilliant idea, and it's it's got to be done, man. Otherwise, we're going to get steamrolled by the opposition because they're organized. And, you know, I had to have a conversation with Melissa about this, man, because this is going to open me up to not just me, but me and the rest of the crew uh, and everyone who associates with it. Right. Um, It's going to open us up to a whole different level of public scrutiny and and can be brutal. Yeah. Bring a lot of frustration, a lot of different. uh, And I I use this term stress, not in the liberal. Oh, my God, I'm stressed out. Woe is me. (laughs) But like. Just stimuli, yes, right? Sure. It's oh, a lot more bandwidth dude. from yeah, you, right? For the first time in my life, brother, I am like chill. 
I don't have anything stressing me out. Awesome. I mean, I just, you know, things are settled down and just chill, like on a nice little cruise control. Everything's cool. Um, so here I am getting ready to do something that is probably going to bring, you know, like I said, just, just extra yep, stuff sure. going to require more of me. I'm going to have to put myself out there more. Um, you know, I like staying at home with my dogs, man. This is going to require me to be out there yeah. more. And, well, like and you said, we took an said. oath. You know, we yeah. did take an oath. And what are we going to do? Okay, we might be getting a little too old to be on the battlefield and be directly involved with things. But to set up a support structure to encourage younger yeah. people, yeah. that's huge, man. Yeah, just be that gray beard support, you know. Yeah. And reality is, man, right? Like what's, you know, leadership. Leadership yes. is you have to. You know, be the example, set the example. So who am I to sit back and, and point fingers and say yeah. we should be doing? Great point. I don't give it a shot, man. You know that I, I I can't I can't armchair quarterback the people that are. You know I, I can't. Yeah, it, it's just the wrong answer, and we're all doing it. We've all been doing it too oh, long. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's no fight. We'll keep our eye on that. We're excited for you that. But for those that are interested in any of your training, your courses, where can they find information on that? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it, I do most stuff on my personal page uh, at capable underscore Inc. You know, at capable Inc. Uh, Capableincorporated.com. The whole words. It's a really long domain name. Um, but uh, yeah, all of my courses and stuff like that are always up on the website physical training stuff, all the information, you know, is always on the website. Uh, most of my, you know, like my free training tips and stuff like that. Most of that stuff is on my, my personal page. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I always tell people to DM me. I still, dude, I still answer every DM. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> um, that is tough. I don't know how much longer I can sustain that because I, I, I have grown a little bit. And it's a lot of DMs. You reach but, a tipping point. You just got to be like, man, you, then yeah. you sift through them and try to find the pertinent ones. Not the, oh, uh, what does it take to be a green beret? You just start swiping that away. Like, I don't have to, you know, if you're already asking that question, you ain't going to make it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I a lot of goofy questions, but I get a lot of really good ones too. Yeah. Man. It's good. So I, said, I said my page was, you know, always going to be focused on helping people. So, that's great. I, I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't answer even the goofy questions. Well, you put out quality content, so I'm sure, you know, I've always had good supporters on social media. I think I've only had one little keyboard ninja that said, like, I should be dead or, you know, I don't get any. It's always positive. Like, I mean, you get what you put out and you put out right. positive yeah. quality content. If you were just sitting there hating on everyone, that's what would come yeah. back on you. Well, so you don't do that. I, I changed the way I talk on social media. You know, a few years ago, I'd be like, you need to do this and you should do that. And that, that caused some contention and whatever. And because it would be like some other instructor somewhere else who was saying something different and oh, then yeah. people would try to pit you against each other and be like, stop. Yeah. Yeah. So I changed the way I talk and say, this is what I do and why mm. I do it. And that makes it a lot more difficult for people to try to sharpshoot me. Um, and it comes across even more importantly, it comes across, it's more clear that I'm trying to be helpful. Right. Um, sure. And I did, man, I had to make that conscious effort to watch the way I say things and just try to present it a little bit better instead of being like, Hey, fuck nut, listen up. You're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what I said. You know, like the military way. Yeah, uh, sure. So now sure. I'm like, Hey, check this out. If you try this, maybe it'll work for you and you'll get better faster. 
Mm-hmm. It, is there a course coming up in the next month or something you want to let people know? Man, anything uh, around the corner that's cool. I've got since we just built that new long range, I scheduled a long range uh, course in July. Yeah, July 10th and the 11th. So that's still got a few spots left open. Awesome. Uh, and one of the cool things I'm doing, man, is I'm showing guys how to shoot their carbines at further ranges, you know, stretch out that five, five, six gun to mm-hmm. you know, four, five, six, eight hundred nice. even meters. Uh way beyond its max effective range. But I try to get show guys that they can actually reach that max effective range. And that's been a kind of a cool course. I've got that coming up in August. I think there might be a slot or two left in that. I'm going to schedule a pistol course for July. Uh, had a couple things going on, trying to trying to figure out my July, some army classes, um, you know, whatever's whatever, man. My dad just passed away. So we're trying to juggle that and the services and figure out the memorial service and stuff. Uh, and, sorry to hear about that, yeah, man. Sorry about that, man. Yeah, well, hey, man, you know what? Nothing but proud of that, dude um hard dude man the do it yourself or taught me you know made me you know the the dude that i am right or wrong or different um and i tell you what man he had parkinson's disease and he was you know used to being a, a hard hard working very capable human being man mm-hmm. like i tell dudes i was probably 25 or almost 30 before i was almost certain that i could whoop his ass <laughs> You know I mean? <laughs> wow. he, he's, he was a little bit bigger than me he had boxed, you know he had boxed in the army and was you know golden gloves dude he was a oh, paratrooper in 82nd airborne back Damn. in the second was you know yeah. part of first line troopers uh, <laughs> hard dude man Damn. and but uh yeah man the parkinson's just you know kept degrading his his quality mm-hmm. of life he was starting to be in and out and, and then in a wheelchair and a couple of weeks ago, man, he decided he was done. And the dude went out on his own accord his way. And I'm kind of proud of that, man. That he, I mean, dude was hard to the end. And um, so I'm not sad about it, man. I'm not, I'm not sad, you know, at all. I mean, I, I knew it was coming and I was lucky to have the guy and nothing but proud, you know, that, that even, even in his, even in his death, he was still a hard ass, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So yeah, man, I, I was lucky to have have a dad like that. You know, he 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 wasn't always the best dad, but he was always the best he could be. You know, he sure. he, he could be an ass, wasn't he? Wasn't a kind, gentle type dad. You know, it was hard, uh, <laughs> but you know, he didn't, didn't abuse me, you know, or anything like that. You know, fucking, I got my spankings and my ass whoopings when I when I yeah. deserved them. I bet, but, yeah. But yeah, man, because of trying to juggle that, we finally just figured out between me and my sisters when we're going to do the uh, service. So now I've got a couple weekends that I can schedule another pistol class. Um, so anyway, and then, like I said, September to pretty much November, I'm hunting. So I'm not going to be doing much then, but we'll kick it back off and start scheduling stuff in December, January timeframe. But yeah, nice. man. Nice. Well, but that's awesome. What I figure out is... How me and you can get face to face again, brother. I miss I you. know, dude. I was just thinking, I wish I lived closer to where you're at, man. I'd be training with you every fucking day, man. I hate being real. on the opposite end of the country. You you could meet yeah. here in Texas. It's the middle. And yeah. <laughs> you could hunt here and shoot and come on, guys. Yeah. yeah, I know. We gotta figure that out, dude. We always have a good time, man. For sure, brother. Yeah. Well, until then. And yeah, man, once we get this thing kicked off or whatever, you know, and it starts hopefully gaining some traction. 
you know, maybe we can do this again and, and, and have that be a little focus, you know? Yeah. Like, no, let's you, do that. Yeah, it would actually part. be great, Tony, to get any of those people that are potentially going to run from our office to get them here on the show and, and just hear their point of view and why they're running and, and stuff like Anything that. Anything we could do to help. Absolutely. Man, yeah. People talking about yeah, it man. and blasting it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, man, um, that, that fellow, um, Pastor Brian Hawkins, that the fellow I was telling you about, is running for um, Congress. And I'm not sure which district in California he's running for. Oh, I, I nice. Man, I can only assume there's a bunch of them and they're big. Sure. Um, and you ought to talk to that guy, man. Uh, you know, he's a black guy, uh, a, a reverend. And nice. you know, he, he might be a cool dude to talk to, man. I, yeah. That'd be great. I, yeah, you put us in touch with him, man. I'd definitely hit him up with an email or something. That'd be great. Heck yeah. Yeah. Why I'd not? Have him on. For sure. That Because that's the kind of, that's what it's going to take, man. That's what it's sure. going to take, you know? Absolutely. So anyway, man, I, I appreciate this more than I can say. Freaking, uh, you know? I, I love I, it, man. Yeah, I would spend this much time, you know, the deal, just chatting with you on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. Well, it's been a pleasure, Tony. Thank you for your time. I miss you, brother. And and we do need to get together soon, man. You're an awesome dude, man. Yeah, brother. I'll talk to you soon for sure, man. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Take care, man. Keep being awesome, brother. Yeah. Have a good one.